Hi, everybody. Thank you for welcoming us into your homes. If you're watching this on the 31st of October, we look forward to seeing you at Trunk or Treat this afternoon. Uh, please uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you're watching. That would be really helpful to, uh, to us to get our own channel. So we're talking about Made for Mondays, Work and the Glory of God. Uh, I, I think we all know that thoughtful, devout followers of Jesus will disagree about certain issues, will disagree about problems that they see in the world and in the church. Uh, in the first century, the, the big issue that the Apostle Paul needed to address was meat sacrificed to idols. There were some Christians saying that, uh, hey, if you, if you find a meat in the marketplace and it's cheap, uh, buy it, don't worry about what it, where it came from or where it was. You know, other Christians were saying, no, no, that meat might have been sacrificed to idols. There could be demons lurking in the meat somehow, and if you ingest it, you've ingested the demons. And on and on the debate went. And so the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 is discussing the issue. And at the end of it, he summarizes it this way. His, his view is this. So whether you eat or drink, no matter what side of the problem you've, you've landed on, whether your conscience says you're okay to eat it, and if your conscience says you're not okay to eat it, whatever you do, he says, do it all for the glory of God. You see, what he was telling us is there's something more at stake than the issue at hand, the glory of God. Uh, there are always hot topics in the church. And, and during my lifetime of pastoring over 40 years, man, I've, I have pastored through a number of hot topics. We, we've talked in the church about church apparel. I remember a time when it was considered to be irreverent if you were on the platform without wearing a tie. I remember a time when divorce was thought to be the unpardonable sin, and that if anybody had been divorced, they weren't allowed into leadership in the church, and, and remarriage was forbidden for divorced people. I remember living through the worship music wars. In fact, I served as a youth pastor, and the lead pastor of that church uh, believed that any music that had a rock and roll rhythm was directly from hell. It was of the devil. Well, that was a lot of fun being a youth pastor in that environment. Uh, I remember uh, women in ministry and, and vocational ministry and the controversy over that and the struggle that the church went through that. I even can remember where the length of men's hair was a huge issue for the church. In fact, when I was a youth pastor in the late 70s, I took our youth group down to Linden, Washington to the roller rink down there, which happened to be owned and operated by Christians. And we were kicked out because our hair was too long. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, churches always struggled with, with situations like that. And perhaps the, the, the biggest current debate in the church is to vaccinate or not. And, and that's become a, an issue. It's a worldwide problem. And, and all churches are struggling with issues, this issue. All of these issues, of course, look different in retrospect. As, as time goes along, we look back on them. We say, well, how silly. How silly was that debate? You know, it, it wasn't really worth all of the energy and effort and the, the trauma that it caused. And I'm sure we're going to look back on this issue with the same kind of thoughts and feelings. It would have helped in, to keep Paul's advice through those issues and, our, and his advice today that whatever we do, Whatever we decide, however we choose to live, we are to do it for the glory of God. What's the solution to the problems with our world? Well, there are lots of problems in our world, and it depends on what you think the problem is. 
It will determine what you think the solution is. For, for Plato, uh, the problem was the physical body. And so he, he came up with a, a theory and taught it, and, and it even crept into the early church, that, that anything physical was evil or tainted, and only the spiritual was good. Well, for Karl Marx, the problem was capitalism. And so therefore, to get rid of capitalism and become communist in a view of, of how to handle work and wages and all that. For B.F. Skinner, the, the famous behavioralist, uh, he thought the problem was the environment. For Sigmund Freud, the problem was conflict between our inner desire and your conscience. Now, now notice how each of these individuals and each of these movements uh, saw the source of their problem as something in creation, something in the hearts of men or something in the world around them. <laughs> I think if we were to ask Americans, uh, our American neighbors, what the problem with the world is, uh, some might say it's the Democratic Party, and others might say, oh, no, no, it's the Republican Party. And maybe if you ask Canadians what the problem in, in Canada is, some would say, well, it's the Conservative Party, it's the Conservative people. And others would say, no, no, it's the Liberals or the NDP. You see, when we locate the problem as something in creation, something in this world, we look for worldly solutions. The biblical story locates the source of the problem outside of creation. Remember the story of the fall. Yeah, creation was good. The problem came from outside of creation, from temptation. The problem is not people. The problem is not the world or anything in creation but it is sin and rebellion. And the only solution, of course, is salvation by grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, that's the gospel story. That's the story of the Bible. Both the source of the problem and the solution to the problem come from outside of creation. Well, so what? Well, the culture will be loudly saying what the solution to the problems are. They'll have determined in their own mind and in the wisdom of our culture what the problem is, and then they'll give solutions, which are solutions within creation. But they're not dealing with the right problem. As followers of Jesus, we know that that's not the real problem. That's not the problem behind the problem. We are only dealing with symptoms of the problem when we deal with problems in creation. For Scripture teaches us in 2 Corinthians 10 that we're not dealing with worldly issues, we're actually dealing with spiritual issues and uh, principalities and powers and things in, in, in high places that would attempt to thwart the plan of God and the glory of God. So we have to be very careful when we discuss issues in the church and issues in the world that we don't get stuck in the world's agenda, that we don't get stuck thinking that the problem is an earthly kind of problem or that the solution to the problem is an earthly kind of solution. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You see, we have a different agenda than the world has. Uh, we, are, we are tempted at times to disengage from the world and from the world's agendas and, and ignore the problems, uh, which are really just symptoms of the disease, uh, we tend to withdraw and, and we can surround ourselves with fellow believers and say, well, I, I, I don't get all that. I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to be involved. And I call that the Amish solution, where we, we, we tend to uh, completely remove ourselves from any of the problems of the world and ignore them and pretend they're not going on. 
the other end of the spectrum, we are tempted to consume uncritically everything the culture offers. And, and it's certainly the uh, culture is offering us lots of problems and lots of solutions to the problems. We see it in social media, we see it in movies, we see it in public opinion, etc. And, and there, there's never a movie been made that doesn't want to tell its story about what the problem is and what the solution to the problem is. And, and as followers of Jesus, we must be discerning and careful. Uh, we talk about a cultural exegesis, which is just a big term that means that as followers of Jesus, we need to be discerning about what the world is saying about the problems that we see in the world and about the solutions the world is presenting to those problems. And we must remember the glory of God. We must remember the gospel story. We have to always ask ourselves as followers of Jesus, in the light of the gospel story, how does this fit? What does this mean? We need, in other words, to look at the world through gospel glasses. Now, everybody has a story of how they make sense of the world. Everyone has it. The story involves three basic parts, as all stories do. There's a hero, there's a problem, and there's a resolution. The way we respond to life has to do with the story that we believe what we believe the problem is, who we believe the hero is, what we believe the solution is. If you think the problem is your work, then you will work towards a solution that addresses that problem. If you think the problem is your spouse, you will work towards a solution because you're thinking the spouse, your spouse is the problem. If you think the problem is your neighbor, then you work towards a solution that somehow solves that difficulty, that creation difficulty with your neighbor. Or if you think the problem is COVID, then you work towards a COVID kind of solution. But the biblical story locates the problem as a spiritual one and the solution as Jesus. So we need to always ask, what's the real problem behind the problem? What's the real solution that perhaps the world doesn't see, but we know through looking at the problem with spiritual eyes, with their gospel glasses on? And how do we work towards a solution to the problems that we encounter, even in our marriage or in our workplace or, or in the culture at large or in dealing with our children? Well, well, first of all, Scripture teaches us to pray, to pray, so that we bring in spiritual resources to help us deal with the difficulty, which is originally a spiritual problem. There's a, there's a saying in business that when you have a problem, often the solution is to throw money at it. And uh, that often cures a lot of problems in, in business settings, is to spend a little bit more money to try to fix the problem. Well, I, I think in, in, in terms of the problems that we see in our culture and we see in our, in, our, in our families or wherever it may be, I think the solution to the problem is to throw Jesus at it, because Jesus is the answer. To remember that the Jesus is the ultimate problem solver. He's the ultimate solution to every challenge and every difficulty we face in this world. We are told to do it all for the glory of God. In, in what way in this particular situation, in this struggle that I'm going through right now, in what way will God be glorified? In, in, in that term, be glorified, means to, to, in what way will his reputation be enhanced so that the people of, will know who he really is? So to bring glory to God means to enhance his reputation, to help people understand who he really is. So at work, how might God be glorified 
through this problem, through my reaction to the problem. You see, when, when you begin to think about in terms of the glory of God and how we need to be involved in revealing the glory of God, revealing who He really is, it reframes the problem. It reframes the problem. It, it takes it out of this, this aspect where, where we're just thinking about the problem. And we're rather thinking about, well, with gospel eyes, with gospel glasses on, we're saying, you know what? I can be involved in helping this problem result in the glory of God by my attitude, by my uh, words, uh, by the way I react to what's going on around me through my prayer. You see, we all live in the middle of a grand story. The grand story is the fall of humankind and, and the problem that sin has brought. And the end of the story, the solution is brought by Jesus and, and eventually heaven and, and the kingdom of heaven and all the, the glory that will be revealed someday. Uh, but there are smaller stories in each of our stories that cycle along the way to the grand and glorious finale. So our lives tend to go this way. We have, we have the grand story being played out where the end will be, as in the book of Revelation, it tells us a new heaven and a new earth. And along the way, we encounter these problems uh, with, that will all have Jesus' solutions in them. And, and we've all gone through a number of them. Uh, if, you're, if you've been following along uh, the pathway, uh, you'll have discovered many problems in your life and many solutions and Jesus kinds of solutions. The hero is always Jesus. The problem is sin. The solution is the cross. And this will be played out many, many times in our lives. Look at your current circumstances. Whatever's going on right now, look at the COVID issue or, or look at a problem you're struggling with at work or your marriage or with your children or with your parents. You know that you're in the midst of it. Trust the Lord. Jesus is going to be the solution. He's going to bring it around. We just need to work for the glory of God. You see, God's reputation is more important than anything, than anything. We need to work with generosity and respect and grace and love to bring him glory. We need to look at the issue with our gospel glasses on. You know how the story ends. You've read the end of the book. Not just the grand story, but the story that you're involved with right now. The challenge, the problem, the difficulty that you're encountering right now in your life. The problem is sin. The problem is rebellion. The hero is Jesus. The solution is the cross. So trust him in the middle of your story. If you'd like prayer, if you'd like to talk to one of our staff, please be in touch with us. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you and help you. If you're struggling with work or you're struggling with this COVID and, and the controversies around that, we would love to pray alongside you and help you discover that Jesus is the answer. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your great love for us and that you've invited us into this story, the story of redemption, the story where Jesus is the hero. Help us, Lord, at work and at home and at school and wherever we may be to put our gospel glasses on and not to be sucked into the world's agenda of, of seeing all problems as being problems in creation and, and uh, having physical or creation kinds of solutions, but help us to see the spiritual battle that we're in. Help us to pray. Help us to seek your glory, your reputation to be enhanced, to be seen by 
uh, our friends and our families and, and even those who, who, who have rejected you. Lord, help us to be involved in that story every day of our lives and, and help us, Lord, to represent you well in whatever situation we find ourselves in today. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and we want to just say we trust you, Lord. We trust you in the middle of our circumstances. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. The question of the day is this. Think of a current problem at work, at home, or wherever, and try to reframe it. How will this problem bring glory to God? How might you be involved in that kind of solution? Think about that for a minute or so. We'll be playing some music in the background, and I'll come back with a concluding comment. Common grace is an idea that uh, theologians have helped to help explain to us. In common grace is this idea that all of creation uh, reveals the glory of God. And in Psalm 19 talks about that when it says the heavens declare the glory of God. But, but not only that, but throughout Scripture, it teaches us that even people who don't know God, even people who are in rebellion against God, uh, have uh, grace, unmerited favor from God, and can be very gifted. So people who don't know Jesus can be very gifted by God, and we see that through Scripture, that all good gifts come from above, that even pagan kings can be given gifts and be used of God. And so we know that, that everybody uh, has this, this um, giftedness, this, this uh, opportunity, this, this uh, responsibility to, to share the glory of God. In, in fact, one way of looking at it is it would say that the world would have fallen apart by now except for common grace, except for God's goodness being revealed, not only through Christians, but through everybody from time to time. So we know that gifted people can be uh, incredibly gifted and not know Jesus. And it really means that the world is not as bad as it could be, except for common grace being present. It also tells us that uh, we are not, the followers of Jesus, are not as good as we could be. We need to work towards the glory of God. So work toward it. Recognize that uh, in your workplace and in your home, there's such a thing as God's grace. And uh, even among people who, who don't know him, there's, there's a goodness that will, that will come through. And uh, for followers of Jesus, we need to be really aware that the problems that we encounter, the, the difficulties that we find challenging us, have, have spiritual roots, uh, roots in sin and rebellion, and that the solution is a spiritual solution, a solution of, of grace, a solution of Jesus's presence, a solution of the Holy Spirit at work, and that God is working towards redemption in every situation. And that will be accomplished in our lives and uh, in our workplaces and in our families. But we need to trust him. We need to trust him. We need to reframe our problems, think in terms of how is this going to bring glory to God. So Lord, the Lord bless you. Uh, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Have a great week.